Today's show is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me this week on Friday at 2.30 with Katie and Vivek on our Locker Room talking about the trade deadline. Locker Room changing the way we talk about sports. Oh, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 911 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, March the 25th. Kyle Lowry's birthday, baby. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And, of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. Team focus shows covering all of your favorite teams across the big four sports and the NCAA. You have uh, an NBA team that you're interested in when it comes to trades today. Go listen to the corresponding Lockdown podcast. We've also got our MLB preview specials going on right now as uh, day two of our six-part division preview series gets up and running today with the AL Central going on, the White Sox, the Twins, the Clevelands. Go and check out those previews. They're excellent, featuring all of our local hosts, as well as Scott Cullen of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, hosted by Paul Sullivan. Okay, on today's show, we are diving into some feelings. The Toronto Raptors are very close to potentially trading away the greatest Raptor of all time. Norman Powell is also very much the apple of many teams' eyes right now, too. And the Raptors also had a pretty jovial, uplifting win last night over the Denver Nuggets to end their nine-game losing streak, just blowing them out 135-111 with the all-women broadcast stealing the show. Excellent, excellent stuff from Megan, Kia, Kayla, Kate, and Amy. And uh, it was a good feelings night. I think probably the highlight of the Raptors watching experience this season and joining me to dive into all of the feelings that everybody is feeling today to look ahead to the deadline and maybe do a podcast that'll be out of date by noon. It is our chief feelings correspondent, one of our faves here, Katie Heindel. Katie, what's going on? Hey, man. Uh, Happy birthday, Kyle Lowry. (laughs) Indeed. Um, Happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like, this is a, it's just a weird place to be in. You feel like you Mm -hmm. are not really letting out your full breath yet. Yep. (laughs) It's literally waiting to exhale. Yep. Uh, and it's going to be a depressing exhale if things go down the way they seem to be rumored to maybe being going down today. Uh, We'll get into the trade stuff. We'll get into, um... You know, the the feelings about Lowry and Powell and all this stuff over the course of today's episode. Um, I, I guess we should just start with a look at the game and kind of let things flow sure. from there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Start, Let's start off with easy. the most concrete thing. Yeah, yeah. Start off easy. We'll get into the, 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 the feelings in the back part, I suppose. Um, the Raptors beat the hell out of the Nuggets. It wasn't even close. It seemed like the Nuggets didn't really want to try. Maybe they were handing the Raptors a feel-good win or something because Jamal Murray is a secret closeted Raptors fan still. I don't know. Um, the, the Raptors played excellent, and it was nice to see them play 
like themselves, they had their full starting five. Everyone in the starting five was great. Kyle Lowry with a plus 42, an NBA season high for any player, and just about the most poetic way you could probably go out if that is, in fact, Lowry's last game. Siakam was excellent. OG was incredible. Paul Watson banging threes off the bench. DeAndre Bembry was nice. Katie, overall, what was your biggest takeaway from the Raptors' enormous victory over the Denver Nuggets last night? It was bittersweet, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. the kind of game where... <laughs> One, classic Raptors. Like, you pull that game out on the eve of what could just be the most, like, heartbreaking thing for, mm-hmm. it, like, in fr- to me, honestly, in franchise history. Sorry, Vince, but it's true. <laughs> uh, like, not to jinx anything, but seriously, you know? So it's like, of course they won. Of course they showed up. Of course they all played to the way that, like, I wouldn't even say they were, like, really digging in. Like, it was so easy and, like, fluid. You know what I mean? Like, Knife it wasn't, through butter like, shit, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh, we got, we're going to have to pull off a scrappy win tonight. It was just like, oh, yeah, something clicked, and this is the team that we all remember, and it's very nice to see that it's still there. I think the worst thing is <laughs> realizing it's still there uh, in light of everything that could be happening and the team no, no longer existing in that same way, but I loved it. Uh, yeah, I, I was with you at first. I was a little skeptical. Um, I wondered if they'd made a, an agreement. <laughs> perhaps with the nuggets um or if like adam silver had instructed them to throw the game given all the grief he's caused (laughs) the toronto raptors but i don't i'm choosing not to think of that because there were a few times the nuggets tried to conversely to what we're saying dig in and get that like ugly comeback but they just couldn't do it yeah i i thought this game like the timing of it and everything really was sort of a hammering home of the point that like, the Raptors don't need to, like, start from scratch or tear things down, necessarily. This is a really good team that has been afflicted by the worst possible circumstances this year. And when they have their good players available and they play well, they can beat just about anybody. And it seems like they're very, very good against the good teams, which is nice. It seems like they kind of pooped the bed against the bad teams, which is not like the Raptors at all. And sort of hints at the different tenor and... I think lower ceiling and all that that is associated with this season, but like there's still like what we saw last night, that kind of game, the Bulls aren't capable of that. The Hornets aren't capable of that. Even the Celtics right now aren't capable of something like that. It was just like an all encompassing excellent game. I-, I was blown away with Pascal in this one. I thought he was excellent. I thought it was a really great response after all the questions swirling about him and Nick Nurse screaming at each other. I thought that was maybe great. they needed to scream. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe you just need to let it all out during a year like this, and I think that's totally fine. Um, and I think you know we talked about it with Amy yesterday. It's it's you know this shit happens. It's sports. You know there's going to be some yelling that goes on. There's going to be some disagreement, especially when you're losing. You know OG was ridiculous in this game, and to me there were a lot of flashes in this one of like oh my god this guy is going to be uh, insanely good in a couple years if he isn't already like he's just he's kind of figuring it out he's figuring out how to score his own buckets and not have to be set up by other people he's figuring out um, you know that he's stronger than basically everybody on the floor and that's terrifying for everybody else out there. Just uh, a really good feel-good win that, again, sort of hammers home that if the Raptors end up not doing anything today, the offers don't come through, whatever it might be, like, they could very easily turn this thing around and make it to, like, the sixth or seventh seed. They're only four games back at that right now. And I know we've been saying that all season long, but 
this really did show a glimpse of the sort of ceiling that this team does have and what it can do on a given night. And it would be a shame in some ways to sort of remove that ceiling away just because contracts and, you know, market factors suggest that maybe it's the wise basketball decision to make. I -hmm. I don't know, Katie. Did last night, I I mean, it's not going to change the thinking of anybody as much as uh, my tweet about Masai's heart growing three sizes after the win and slapping the phone out of Bobby's hand in the war room as much as I wish that would come to fruition. The Raptors aren't going to make their decisions based on a game like this, but I think you could also say that they shouldn't make their decisions based on the previous nine games where everything that could possibly have gone wrong and all the circumstances pointed to, oh yeah, they're probably going to lose a bunch of games here. Did last night at all change things for you in terms of how you feel? I know you're pretty anti-Lowry trade anyway, but um, you know where are you at after last night, after the last few days here, uh, in terms of what the direction should be for the team? I mean, that's why I would make a terrible GM. But yeah, like I think <laughs> even especially last night, one thing we didn't talk about is like what a thrill it is when the shots just fall, right? And it's yeah. just so fluid. Um, there were like hardly any calls last night because there didn't need to be. And all I'm saying for with that point, <clears throat> excuse me, is that it shows, unfortunately, how much like things that you cannot control, a GM can't control it, a player can't control it like shots falling or not falling. And I think the Raptors had having a pretty bad stretch of just like not being able to make any shots. Some of that was finishing, but like, let's just go on the example of last night, how much that can just affect your overall performance and rhythm and groove. Right. And like Mm -hmm. you, you see what happens when they do and it's like, yeah, everything clicks. I don't know that you can like, you can't trade for, (laughs) you can't trade for something like that unless you're like, especially not now, like just in terms of Mm -hmm. like, there's no, absolute sniper style player available but so yeah based on that no no (laughs) and i think i've it's like i if i haven't said this on this podcast i certainly feel like i've been saying this a lot everywhere this season is that it's not explicitly clear to me why like the urgency of needing to make a big move like a franchise changing move like this in the middle of a season that one i'm not gonna say it doesn't count it certainly feels that way sometimes but no, no, it's fake. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> like the Raptors, best case scenario, okay, maybe they they go, I don't know, two two series maybe in the playoffs. And I'm just talking about this in terms of the margin, right? Like the thin margin that they have. So yeah. I'm kind of like, why trade that for just some for like an opportunity that you at something that you already don't really have, and you're not going to get if you make those changes. Mm-hmm. Um, even deep teams are struggling. With the with longevity and the idea of like a long playoff, like a long postseason, mm-hmm. so that's what I've been looking at. Less performance. Obviously, it's been brutal. It's been a brutal stretch, and I think there are clear fixes. But I think you know, to me, that's something you retool in the off season when you like take some time to regroup and recollect, and are like, "Whew! Like what just happened?" But yeah. again, it's not, I'm not a GM, so I, yeah, I, I don't think last night's game probably change anything for them but i hope it did honestly i hope it did make them see like make them just like hesitate for a second right yeah to think like oh you know the spirit isn't gone from this team you know the the kind of genetic makeup and like chemistry of this team is not gone uh and just like the playing ability of this team is still there it's just needs to be kind of it, it like needed a night like that to like be exhumed almost yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I've said this a million times on this podcast, and I'll say it again because the deadline's today, and I probably won't have to say it anymore beyond this, but, like, <laughs> they can run back this team next year and tinker on the fringes, add a pretty good first-round pick, and play back in Toronto and be really good. <laughs> and, you know, I think it'd be different if, you know, the free agent market were a little bit more robust and, you know, not even necessarily Giannis, but if some of the big names were still out there, mm-hmm. you could talk yourself into, okay, you know, we reached the end near here with Lowry and Powell. You know, we're going to have to pay Powell a ton of money coming up. You know, Lowry's 35. How much can you more like realistically expect from him, even though he has seemed seemingly no plans of slowing down at this point? I could see, you know, the logic of, OK, we move on from these guys, but we have a real shot to bolster the team with like a legitimate star to pair with our core three guys. And that's the way we should do this. We've gone and we've built all this cap space for this reason. And, and and you go that way, and I could get that, but there is no one out there on the market. And in fact, Lowry and Powell might be two of the best free agents on the market this year. And if you had plans on free agency being your sort of way to accrue talent this year, why not just do it with the guys you already have in house who, again, are at the top of the market anyway? It, you know, it, it, it totally would be justifiable to me, even after this lost season, to just run it all back and you know, tinker on the fringes again and, you know, move on from the back end of roster guys that you don't like, you know, turn down Baines's option, move on from Johnson and McCaw and Davis and all these guys and, you know, rework with what you have. You know, Paul Watson seems to be a bit of a keeper here. Malachi Flynn will become something, you know, probably after a good summer of development, after getting no development coming into this year. I don't think what you've seen from Flynn this season is what he will be as an NBA player. Benbury, you can keep around for very cheap next year. He, you know, came back into the rotation oh last night God. and was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Like, the vibes with him are excellent. Bembry, Play him. He's I just the vibes wanted, man. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Bembry as, like, a vibe guy and also just a, a person who, like, because I think he gets a lot of flack because people are like, oh, he doesn't have, like, a high basketball IQ. I think he has a very, like, substantial basketball IQ, but I think his yeah. energy almost overrides it most of the time, which isn't a yeah, terrible problem to have. But, yeah. it. Yeah. No, no, go ahead. Finish off. Oh, I was just going to say the last thing just about a game like that. Like, think of from a pure fandom perspective, think about how good it felt to watch that game. And think about, like, not a retool, but like a total rebuild. You're looking at years of the stretch we just had and watching that kind of basketball. So, that's Mm. something that just never, I cannot, like, I cannot reconcile that with this desire to move on completely from this current team because why do you want to subject yourself to that? Yeah. Or the team. Why do you want to subject, like, years? Sorry, now I'm I'm going on. But, like, why do you (laughs) want to subject, like, Pascal, OG, and Fred, these like pivotal points in their career, mm-hmm. why do you want to put them through this kind of languishing rebuilding period? Yeah. I, mean, I, I think you're insulated to some extent from like a real deep rebuild just because mm-hmm. you have those three guys locked up and they're all good and they're going to give you a floor. But you also want to maximize the next three years, which could be all you have with Fred and Siakam. Their contracts are not forever. And they're 27. Like, it's not like they're old by any means, but, you know, they have three years. And then who knows what happens after that? You know, free agency is a, is an allure to guys. And so it, it just, you want to maximize those three years. And it feels like at least the best way to maximize year one of those three years is to bring back the very good players you have on the team and figure it out from there. And maybe that leads to you make a trade down the line, and that's totally fine. 
I just, to me, there's a lot of argument for keeping it around, even though it seems, Katie, like it's not going to be kept around and it's not going to be brought back and there will be some changes today, which we'll get into in just one second. But first, I want to tell you about Sport Trade. Have you heard about Sport Trade? It's where fantasy sports meets the stock market. It's amazing. Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like a stock trading app, but for fantasy sports. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sport. Making money with Sport Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to the projected fantasy points in that game. And the more points scored, the higher the value goes. Two, good old supply and demand, baby. The more a player, uh, the more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. Instantly buy and sell as many shares in as many players as you like. Just the stock market, just like the stock market that is. Then watch your players battle and your portfolio value rise. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock and a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip bet who is always a solid performer. And simply go to sporttrade.com and watch the How It Works video, then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sporttrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer and get in the game at sporttrade.com. Today's show is also brought to you brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football's over, but you've got college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, MLB starts up next week, and you can also bet on television shows, award shows, reality TV, whatever it might be, reality, real-time updated odds and props, and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Just head to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON to sign up for a free account today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Katie, let's uh, dive into the muck here in just one second. Just a reminder, though, that Locked On Today is your daily dose of sports with host Peter Bukowski. I'm on today's edition of Locked On Today, talking Raptors, and I uh, highly recommend you check it out. A very trade deadline-heavy episode with a few of the local hosts, our pal Dave Ramil of Locked On Heat, Kane Pittman of Locked On Bucks on the show as well. Go give it a listen every single day. Okay, Katie. Uh, well, I, in the final segment, I do want to talk about the all-women broadcast, which was amazing. But let's continue on with the sort of thread we were on, the the feelings, the emotions tied up. I, I mean, I feel bad because Powell's kind of getting lost in the Lowry talk. You know, Lowry's just this, like, otherworldly force of nature and is just such a, is such a fixture that Powell... You know, I don't even know when he last checked out in last night's game when it was like the only thing I'll ever remember from Kyle in this game. Like 540 left. I'm crying watching a basketball game. That's a 35 point game. Um, you were in the, the, the Zoom call last night, Katie. What were your overall feelings on? I mean, I watched it on TV. It, it hit pretty hard. There was a lot of heavy questioning, some good breaking of the of the tension. Thank you, Drake, I guess. Um you know, what? how has your sort of goodbye process been the last little while here, the last 12 hours or so since the game ended when it comes to Kyle? And, like, are you even saying the goodbyes yet, actually? Are you still just holding out hope that maybe he doesn't get traded and they run it back? I'm not saying goodbye yet. First, I do want to say of the women's broadcast, the one thing that I think stuck out to me, I mean, of course, besides how phenomenal everyone was, but just how regular to me it felt oh yeah it could feel do you know what i mean and i think totally. i just make that distinction because i think for some people there maybe was the expectation that it would be so different or like so unexpected but it's not yeah 
because it doesn't have to be and it shouldn't be yeah. it should be normalized to the point where like oh yeah you're, this is like one to me it really did enhance the game and the experience of mm -hmm. watching the game i will say specifically when kia nurse was saying something about larry yelling something on court and what that actually meant as a player i was like i value this is a novel perspective that we don't usually get to hear mm -hmm. but aside from that i think t if you want to take anything in just take in how clearly regular it was and like if anything that just shows how overdue it was yeah it was unbelievable uh but also entirely believable is the thing yes. you know i think there was like this sort of undertone of surprise from a lot of folks who were like this is great like no 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 megan's like a professional play-by-play -play voice she's been calling games for the go-go and the mystics and the 905 for many many years she's an absolute pro she could be the play-by-play -play voice for any nba team today kia nurse i i will admit i was a little bit shocked at how amazing kia was just because i haven't heard her on broadcast before but holy shit like just absolute natural and offered so much value to the game and uh it was truly unbelievable and now she's gonna have i think it was i can't remember who made the point but she's gonna have her pick of like who she wants to broadcast with in the future i mean it's you know mm -hmm. not the worst uh little thing to be playing in the WNBA in the summer and doing some broadcast during the year because Kia is amazing at it and she's going to make a very long career out of it I'm sure you know Kayla and Kate we know like they've been on our TVs forever it's they're just their job yeah like <laughs> yeah like they're really exactly. good at and it Amy they're too. professional broadcasters <laughs> they're excellent and Amy literally has mm -hmm. done color for the WNBA and 905 and sideline for CEBL like there's no surprise here they're all absolute pros and it's overdue for them all to get that opportunity and i think i'm encouraged the response seemed overwhelmingly positive as i you know how could it not be it was, un it was just a fantastic night of watching basketball and i really do think and i know we're kind of taking up the we'll, we'll move the kyle feelings to the final segment because we're on this now um but like i i think the future does involve every one of these women and more being part of the broadcast and like look i love me some jack and matt don't get me wrong absolutely love them but i think the 82 games is a lot of games and i think there's complacency that sets in i think we've seen that sometimes with especially leo on the raptors broadcast where it's just kind of the same thing over and over again and there's not much energy to it and you're just kind of going through the motions if you have different voices worked in and you have a rotation you're pulling from a pool of 10 to 12 excellent talented people to pair up in different duos and you know use them radio tv studio whatever it might be the overall product's just going to be better it's just common sense and i would hope that this is the start of every one of the women last night being further incorporated into these broadcasts i know kayla and kia and kate are obviously a big part of it already but all of them should be regular staples and it should be a sort of a broadcast by committee as opposed to just two figurehead names that are always in there and i think john wiggins the director of uh, diversity and inclusion like this is a thing that is going to be his baby it's going to be a pet project for him I, I i've seen him you know talk about this in the past you know just talking to people you know, like he this is a thing he cares about a lot and i would hope that it's going to result in a more just diverse and good broadcast experience for Raptors fans. I think that like you're doing a disservice to just stick with the same old thing that you know has worked for 25 years, but who's to say it can't work better? And when it comes to these jobs, like there are no more inert positions in media or really anything than once you get that play-by-play -play job with the team, you're not going anywhere unless something amazing comes along. 
and you just unless you make it not inert it's going to remain inert and you have to use that force to push things aside and get things moving again and i would hope that last night is just the start of uh, a really great sort of evolution of the raptors broadcast there's only two of these jobs in the country <laughs> you know to sit on the on the you know the, the sideline and do play by play in color mixing it up is uh i think not only the right decision but like the smartest possible decision you could reach if you're the raptors anyway that's my spiel on that <laughs> anything else on that katie mm-hmm. no you said mm-hmm. it oh okay cool uh, <laughs> uh yeah, so with that we'll we'll then pivot into we can kyle get back feelings. to norm yeah yeah we'll, we'll do kyle and norm well, uh coming up in just a second okay. uh but first i want to tell everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com the best place to go to save money on car parts they are awesome and they save dummies like me from spending more than i need to at the mechanic it's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds of manufacturers they have everything you need from engine control modules brake parts tail lamps motor oil even new carpets whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door their catalog is super easy to navigate their prices are always reliably low and the same for professional professionals and do-it-yourselfers don't spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts go to rockauto.com instead and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box to know that we sent you as well amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com Today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar around, and it is low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting, covered in chocolate. You know all the facts by now. And now Built Bar is trying to determine the best flavor in their portfolio. It is Built Bar Madness over at BuiltBar.com. All month long, they are trying to decide bracket style who or which, I guess it's not who, you can't really have a who if you're a bar, but which flavor is the best in Built Bar's lineup of many, many delicious flavors. You can go to BuiltBar.com or at bar underscore built on Twitter to vote right now. And I'm just pulling up today's matchup. Today's matchup is Coconut Marshmallow Puff against Mint Brownie. Mint Brownie has got to win that, I got to say. Not a marshmallow guy myself. Mint Brownie rocks. Hopefully that moves on. But you can go and vote for yourself over at BuiltBar.com. While you're there, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar in the land. All right, Katie, uh, just a heads up. We very soon are going to be doing a locker room. That's going to be on Friday, 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. And on that locker room call... It'll be myself, you, and Vivek Jacob. It's going to be a lot of fun. We will talk about the trade deadline, sort out our feelings, and all that stuff Friday at 2.30 on Locker Room. So please put it in your calendars. All right, Katie. Uh, back to the feelings. Um, you know, We saw Kyle's postgame. Norm was the postgame interview with Kayla at the end of the game as well. Kayla did an awesome job with that interview, by the way. Um, where are you at? Like Goodbyes-wise, eulogy-wise, are you just kind of holding out? I know uh, <laughs> it's like it's a lot and it seems like all the goodbyes are kind of hinting towards like everyone kind of knowing what's up today but also i feel like maybe the goodbyes were happening just because it's an in-case thing and you don't want to have not done it if the trades do happen i don't know i have no idea how to read all this i still don't think kyle's getting traded because i don't think the packages out there are nearly enough but um where's your head at when it comes to you know the goodbye process 
thinking back, reflecting, is that for another day, or are you would deepen the throes of watching old Kyle Lowry clips today? No, I can't do that yet. Um, and I can't <clears throat> just like, cause that was the one thing that struck me with both of them was like all the saying goodbye. Well, it was nice. And I think people were kind of grieving and going through it, but they were also putting that on Norman Kyle. Uh, I also am like of the mind that don't say goodbye until the thing has happened and don't yeah. like memorialize a career that like for both of them, whatever happens is not over. Yeah. I know that's where we want to go to right away. I just can't be there yet. For Norm specifically, I will say it's been a bit difficult for me, honestly, to like process it because if only because... Well, the main thing, and we've talked about this a lot, is the only thing I ever wanted for Norm on the Raptors was consistency and playing with yeah. consistency and like hitting his stride and like contributing in a meaningful, not even just contributing, like surpassing that, you know, and leading. And he's doing that now. And you can tell he's very happy and he wants to be doing that now for the Raptors. And then they're going to maybe trade him. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that to me is just a i get it i understand why because his value has obviously never been higher in that sense i hate talking about trades that way but i under, i still understand how they work um but to me that blows like <laughs> that really sucks and he grew <laughs> up with this team like he developed with this team like those are his it's, it's a very specific group of guys that all got to this point together. And I don't think you can underestimate that. Um, and you can't take that with you. So he'll be leaving a substantial chunk of who he is as a player, who he's grown into as a player with Toronto if he goes elsewhere. Yeah, I, he spoke about it last night. You know, he wants to be around. I, I would assume that if they don't trade him, he'll be quite easy to convince to stick around and re-sign. And look, I, you're like you, I get the reasons why he is the topic of trade discussions. And, you know, any team out there could use him. For Per Mark Stein, the number of teams that are interested in Norman Powell is in the teens, which is insane, but also completely justified given the way he's played this year. But it, to me, it would suggest that if that many teams are after a guy, maybe you got something good cooking. <laughs> and like, and I know the contract complicates things, and they already have money tied up in Siakam and OG and Fred, and those are considerations that need to be, you know, kept in mind, obviously. But you know, it is a real sort of somber idea moving on from a guy when he finally achieves what you've been hoping for for six years, and you know, it, it just whatever the return is it's going to feel underwhelming and it's going to feel like a certain even if kyle stays and norm gets traded it'll still feel as though an era has ended in some kind of way it, and you know i i, I am not ready man <laughs> like he's he's again he's kind of being forgotten in comparison to kyle because of kyle's magnitude but you know norm himself swung two playoff series that the Raptors probably get demolished and, th and, and you know torn apart if if he doesn't do that you know the the one against the Pacers very obviously if they had lost that series they are you know Kyle's probably gone DeMar's probably gone Casey's probably gone and it's probably a, a deep rebuild if 
the next year or two years later when they play the Bucks in the in the first round and they go down. I guess it was that 16, 17. Yeah, it was the Serge Ibaka year. They go down. You know, it what was it? O two in that series or two one in that series and. Norm comes out in game three, starts and plays his ass off and like swings the entire series, solves the Bucks for the Raptors. Like, you know, who knows? That was obviously a little bit less hanging on that season, but maybe Kyle's a little bit more inclined to leave if they go out in the first round as opposed to the second round that year going into free agency. Maybe Serge Ibaka doesn't stick around. Like, there are two very pivotal moments that Norm Powell is forever tied to. And it's... I don't know. Are Raptors fans being like unreasonable with like their attachment issues? I feel like I've like caught myself thinking like, <laughs> okay, dude, like, th- you know, things happen. Dudes move on. But also like, I don't think it's that unreasonable. Like sentimentality is part of the sports fan experience. And if you're not being sentimental, what the hell are you even doing? I don't know. Like, yes yeah. and no. Yeah. Like, I think yes and no, because I think yet um, no, because this is all born out of the fact that all of these guys mean so much to the fan base because they're who we've had for so long by virtue of what the team kind of was and was building out of, you know, not a destination, not a contender. Uh, and they were who we had and they, but they, they didn't just like rise to that challenge. They rose to the challenge of like making a new team identity and they did very effectively, you know? So I think it's all tied up in that. So I think it's right and normal <laughs> to be, very attached and a bit cagey about those attachments in terms of the way that maybe at a glance another fan like a friend a fan of another franchise might look at them and be like this guy's not worth this guy you know as we saw going around in terms of just like hero for i don't know like the hero for larry like stuff or just like when people say who who's better than norm like i don't know you can do that as an, a fan of another franchise because you're not embedded in like the years and years of like memories and emotions that go along with those players. So no, I don't think it's unreasonable, but I do think it's very specific to Toronto's fandom. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a certain like connection because this was like the first good era of the team outside of a couple moments with Vince early on. I, you know, I, I understand it's kind of like, it's similar, but also I think more understandable that to like the, the love for like Morris Peterson because he was the dude who just stuck around and played a bunch of games and didn't leave and liked Toronto. And you know, this is like that, but the team and players are actually good. (laughs) It's like, I, I I don't begrudge anyone for having, you know, it's been really funny watching a lot of the folks who've been like super pro tank kind of get cold feet the last little while as they, you know, it's not terribly surprising. You know, once that you're faced with the reality of it, it's a, it's a whole different beast. I don't know. Do you have any hopes for today, Katie? Um, again, we're recording this at like 1030 in the morning, and so things could be at a date very soon. There's already been a trade as we've recorded. JaVale McGee's going to the Nuggets. Shouts to JaVale. Um, but, you know, I, I, do you have like a like an ideal outcome for today? Yeah, neither of them gets traded. And <laughs> they, <laughs> they get um, great contracts in Toronto as a result no I don't know I'm very torn like I get I get the fact that like if you were to let Larry play out the season then let him go somewhere where he wants in the summer well to me then my heart that is the right thing to do that means you've also you've let Gasol Ibaka and then Larry kind of go for nothing so I get that in a very callous way I understand I understand it um I don't like it 
but mm. it's tough. Like, I just feel like I'm in a period of stasis because on one hand, I'm like, I know what might be better for the team and push the team forward. And the team, this team desperately needs a shove forward in any direction because yeah. I still do feel they're a little bit directionless in terms of what the next iteration is going to look like. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've figured that out yet. So maybe sometimes you've got to like light a fire under yourself and do you do that by trading someone away and it kind of forces your hand because now you need to move on from from that era maybe but <laughs> like best case scenario it's just very it's it's just feels quite unfair and difficult to me that this is the season that these two players specifically would be traded away yeah it's uh circumstance more than anything else that's led to this and it's uh it's deeply unfortunate i think like my hope for today i'm totally content if both guys stick around i think that's not not a problem at all if they are going to get traded like i think the raptors really have to do the thing where they hold every team over the barrel like there's no incentive for them to like they're not forced to do anything and so i do think that'll require teams to like actually be serious and play ball and give their best offers and if you can get, like, an incredible haul for these guys, like, it'll, it'll suck still, and I will be sad, and I will still think it's probably the move I wouldn't have done. But again, I'm not a general manager. I, I just think if you... Unless you're getting top price back, there's just no incentive to me. And, like, right now, the report just came out from Brian Windhorst that the Raptors want Tyrese Maxey, Matisse Thibel, and two first-round picks from the Sixers. Yeah, that's absolutely what they should settle for and no less. Like, there's no reason to move on from Kyle unless you're getting everything. With Norm, I mean, if that many teams are interested, I'm sure there will be some very good offer in there and maybe you could you can justify it. But I, I you know, I haven't really made my mind up as to what I want either. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole conflicting situation, Katie. I think we've reached the end of today's podcast. We're not doing the goodbyes thing just yet. That'll be Friday's podcast. That'll be the locker room at 2.30 tomorrow with myself, Katie, and Vivek. Um, This is just uh, an episode for ironing out feelings and celebrating a very, very good broadcast. Uh, Katie, do you have anything you want to plug before we get out of here? No, just my cold, broken heart. Um, I'm hoping, (laughs) hoping the best for everybody today. Yeah, everyone hang in there. Distract yourself if you can. Uh, or watch 14 hours of trade deadline coverage. I, I don't know. By far be it from me to, to judge. Uh, we'll be doing a locked on. Oh, What's I up? think Dishes and Dimes is doing a like a, a trade, a live trade uh, show later today. Excellent. Very Probably cool. Probably beginning at 4. So Excellent. you could watch that. that. That lines up perfectly because... You can watch our NBA deadline special, the live NBA deadline special on all the Locked On channels, Locked On YouTube, all that stuff, from noon to 4. I'll be on at, I believe, about 12.30 or so, or 2.30? I think 12.30, sometime in the first couple hours to talk about the Raptors. Uh, and once that's over at 4, you just go right into the dishes and dimes. That's perfect. It's, uh, it's symmetry. Uh, that's going to do it for today. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Katie's at WoodEvs. Uh, we'll be doing an uh, basketball leader today as well, talking about trades and feelings, I'm sure. And uh, thanks so much. We will talk to you again on Friday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Uh, take care of yourselves today, everybody. It's going to be okay. Maybe. Probably? I think. 